The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. <laughs> and now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. So let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Browser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus we called the Christian Journey. First, people that prevail in the kingdom of God are not people that live in denial. And denial is not just a river in Egypt. Afflictions happen to all of humanity, the righteous and the wicked alike. The difference is for the authentic believer, God connects with us and journeys with us through the difficulties. Next, it's hard to imagine that we could be appreciative of God during difficult situations. It's even hard to imagine that we could be boastful of God's plan during these difficult situations. It's even hard that then to imagine that we could be pleased with God's plan during these difficult situations. But, and finally, what shall we say to all these things or towards anything? How about this? If God is for us, who can be against us and who cares? On a two-sided issue, anyone who's for God's side wins. And anyone whom God is for wins. And anyone who doesn't understand why we should be continually being thankful isn't getting it. God is worthy of our praise with, in, and for anything and everything. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oeve. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us at 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. You can call in 972-445-0770. When you call in to 972-445-0770, Terrific T answers the phone. And my goodness, that is terrific. That's awesome. The bottom line is that any topic is open for conversation because it's not professional radio, it's just radio, and sometimes 
I wonder about that. It's a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. So you might have a thought, an opinion, a comment, an idea. You might have something you want to share, something the Lord has been working on in your life, and you're just trying to bounce it off of other believers. You may have a prayer request, a praise report, or an answer to Bible trivia. Oftentimes, the first trivia question is a little easier than one would think. This will be easy and is not a trick question. True or false, when Jesus was a teenager, baseball was his favorite sport. True or false? I didn't write this. True or false, when Jesus was a teenager, baseball was his favorite sport. Let's see if you can come up with a good answer on that one. If you think you know, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483. And you can send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org, which leads us to the website, hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, He Must Increase Ministry. YouTube, He Must Increase Ministry. Now, I I am half expecting somebody to start going, oh, it's got to be baseball because the Bible says, ha, in the big inning. You know, like the baseball, big inning. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just letting people kind (laughs) of... You should see some of the answers we're getting. (laughs) They're so funny. Oh, my... (laughs) Okay. Um, Apparently, I have opened up a floodgate for people to respond in. I'm just going to let you guys keep responding, and then I think I'm going to deal with that uh, towards the end. I'm not expecting that actually anybody to call in, although you could if you want to. Uh, Jesus' favorite sport is a teenager. Uh, Teenager. 13 to, you know, what? Well, uh, see, in my mind, it's 13 to 19, right, as a teenager, technically. But because I have kids, uh, a teenager is 13 to 37 because my kid's 37. So that's how I look at that. All right, let's just get into the text before we lose it all together. Uh, I want to talk to you about something that I go through, and I think a lot of people will relate or can understand what I'm about to talk about. I want to talk about some personal struggle. But that they're not always like spiritual per se. They're, they are spiritual, and my attitude in them is always spiritual. And one of the things that people forget is that one of our chief goals here while we're waiting for the Lord to return is to reflect Jesus Christ. You know, as much as we come up with things, the ultimate mission of the church— is to reflect Jesus Christ. Part of that is to share Jesus Christ. That means that wherever we go, the gospel needs to go with us, so we be, need to be communicating the gospel to people. There's zero question about that. The The idea is to look up, make that connection, look in, make that inward, reflect what you've seen looking up, and then look out and share that with others. But the ultimate answer, and you'll find this in seminary when you get into the real, real, real nitty-gritty, the ultimate answer is to reflect Jesus Christ. That then gives the witness for testimony. In other words, that's the, the the foundation by which the church is built. The will of God is for the church to reflect Jesus in all that it says and all that it does and in all of its functions. So 
That involves evangelism, but it also involves growth, but it also involves worshiping and loving God first. It also involves loving your neighbors, love yourself. Just a little theology to kind of throw down your way. So when you're going through a struggle, if it's a struggle directly on sin, you already know, well, this is a, a part of that reflection. But it can also be a struggle of attitude in regards to situations that is also a struggle. Now, before we finish up, somebody's calling in, so we want to give them a chance to answer the baseball question. But then I'm going to explain to you, as best I can, this struggle that I go through where I—what's the word I'm looking for? Fall short. <laughs> that would be—what is it? What is it? Fall short. You know the word hamatiar, to throw the, throw the spear at the target? It's not really a bow and arrow. It's a spear. Throw the spear at the target and miss. That's what it means to fall short. Are we ready? All right, here comes somebody to answer this is David. Who am I talking to? This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello? 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 Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, there you go. Okay. Are you ready to answer the trivia question? Yes. Okay, good. All right. Are you ready? True or false? True or false? When Jesus was a teenager, baseball was his favorite sport. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say false. You are correct. (laughs) (laughs) Now, there's a lot of great jokes that could go along with that. And we've even had some people say, oh, are you trying to throw us a curveball? Very funny from some of our people. (laughs) Here's, Here's the bottom line to that. We don't know what he was doing between 13 and 19. We don't know. We just don't know. If you were going to ask me, I would say hockey because it's the least likely that he would have done. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, during my studies over the years, I kind of learned that he might have been with his uncle Joseph of Arimathea um, going and buying tin because that's what Joseph of Arimathea did. There you go. See, there's so many different things he could have done. My my real question <laughs> is, my question is, what what did he like? Did he like? Was there music? <laughs> was there, was there, what kind of social well, structure was there? But did he listen to it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if he had to tap into heaven so he could hear the future of radio. I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Excellent well, job. Thank you, and y'all have a good day. All right. Thank you so much. God bless. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, so let me let me share with you a struggle, and then I'm going to go through this. I'm going to watch, walk you through this as, as I go through the struggle. Uh, that was so funny. <laughs> She's so funny. All right, so let's go through this one element. We might run a little late. We'll see how this goes. But one of the things that I struggle with is uh, technology, okay? Now, this is for the younger people that listen. You're probably thinking, well, what do you mean you struggle with technology? Well, in my generation, we all kind of adapted to the smartphone. In my mom's generation, they couldn't even think about email. It was just too far out. And so that that is an adaptation of your culture, and you grow into it. For me, I've always thought, well, technology, you know, it has its limits. It has its restrictions and different things. However, I've always noticed the gift of Magneto in my life, and I can sit there and work on a computer and work on a paper that's 15 pages deep and with the computer plugged in it being a relatively new computer not having a single thing happen and no malware on there and having everything screened and scrubbed and everything clean the whole thing just shuts down and i lose the paper (laughs) 
What follows is where I need to be in my reflection of Jesus. And so when we come back, I'm going to tell you how it used to be about seven or eight years ago, how it is now. I can even see my own growth, but I think a lot of you are going, oh, I relate to this. Yeah, you'll understand. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be false. Who is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon experience. They wanted to know what I thought of him. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his BA degree in ministry and leadership as well as a master's degree of theological studies and is involved in a Ph.D. program. He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. What is the David Spoon experience? You get into the Word of God and something's going to happen that will blow your mind. Ready? The law of the Lord is perfect, Psalm 119.7 says, able to restore the soul. And I've been in I've been doing this for a long time, and in my 42 and a half years of devotions and in my diligent devotion time, I kind of separate that between the two. I cannot tell you, it must be thousands of times where my attitude has been, and then I've went into the Word of God, and I came out different. It wasn't anything that I did as much as God speaking into me what he knows about his creation. And so I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you, even if you've been a Christian for 50 years, for 60 years, nay, for 70 years, like the Apostle John was on the island of Patmos, be in the Word of God. It is alive. And it will give life and impart life to you through God's Spirit. People come and they read the Word of God, and they're like, well, I get nothing out of it. Well, they don't mix it with faith. And the Word of God, the promises of God not mixed with faith are useless because you have to be engaged with God and know he's going to speak. And people are like, well, that's a, that's a lot of requirement for me to get in there and read the Word of God. You want me actually to believe that God's going to speak to me? Yes, because he will And if you don't, you won't hear them. So when you open up that book, take 30 seconds, more than you ever have before, and say, just in this moment, just at this time, tune me in, Lord. Help me to hear what you have to say. Speak to me and let your word breathe life into me.
Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. That fill that you just heard right there on the Word of God, that's one of my favorites. Uh, trivia, 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 trivia. Uh, yesterday we did a question, and I told you it wasn't a plurality answer. It was a singular answer. This will be a plurality answer. To whom did Jesus say, with God, all things are possible? Who did he say that to? Who did he say that to? Specifically. Now, it's said a couple of different ways, but we're looking for that one. I will take two potential answers on that. There's two separated answers. Uh, to whom did Jesus say, so, so you don't have to go too deep in thinking about it, but it wouldn't hurt to look it up in a concordance. With God, all things are possible. Go ahead and fire back if you think you know, 972-445-0770. I am looking for the plurality answer, though, just so you can know. You can also text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at org. It's funny because a passage like that that we all know and that we've all read, and we all you have to think, well, who is, who is, who is he talking to? That's good that we have to think that way. It makes you kind of like consider it. All right, I have a joke. It is not a great joke, but it is kind of funny joke. It has a political element to it, but it's not a political joke. You have to listen to the last line to get there. It's not very long. Okay, Tia, are you ready? Are you ready to buzz it? Okay. There's a buzzer, but it's working, right? Okay. Yeah, it's working. Okay, now nobody get offended. If you get offended, don't write me. I'm not going to read it. George W. Bush, in an airport lobby, noticed a man in a long, flowing white robe with a long white beard and flowing white hair. The man had a staff in one hand and some stone tablets under the arm. George W. approached the man and inquired, Aren't you Moses? The man ignored George W. and stared at the ceiling. George W. positioned himself more directly in the man's view and asked him again, Aren't you Moses? And the man continued to peruse the ceiling. George W. tugged on the man's sleeve and asked once again, Aren't you Moses? And finally, the man responded in an irritated voice, Yes, I am. George W. asked him, Why are you so uppity about me asking? Moses replied, The last time I spoke to a bush, I spent 40 years in the desert. <laughs> Last time I talked to a bush, I spent 40 years in a desert. Okay, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Not the throwing the stuff in the air. <laughs> throwing the stuff in the air. Uh, we're losing it here. All right, uh, trivia question. <laughs> uh, I love these days. I love, I love hanging out with you guys. It's just wonderful. All right, uh, to whom did Jesus say, with God, all things are possible. That's what we want to ask. You don't have to be perfect on this one. We're just looking for the general. See if you can nail it down. Uh, no problem on that. If you want to call in 972-445-0770, that is the number to call. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email the, to david at he must increase. 
www.ghostbusters.org. Let me finish on this story, and I think you guys will understand where I'm going with this, and I think you'll appreciate this. So one of the things that's terrible for me, just terrible, okay, just terrible, is uh, that Magneto gift that I have. So I can touch something, and it could fall apart. So give you an idea how bad this is and how long this is going on. Uh, in 2008, I was writing a massive paper. This is like the first time it happened. I will say this. And I'm writing this massive paper, not having a lot of problems in this area ever. And the computer freezes out of nowhere. So I've never, never done it before. And you think, well, that's not that big a deal and so on and so forth. But back in 2007, 2008 time, when the computer froze, I lost all the pages, okay? That was the first time that I experienced that. And I will not repeat what I said because it was not very Christ-like, but it uh, it happened. Then throughout the rest of my academic career, from time to time, this will happen. And it, when I say it happens out of the blue, I'm not kidding you. So when we were uh, in another place, I was writing another paper and the computer froze, and I turned it to show it to Noelle so she could see that it wasn't me. It wasn't that it was plugged in. Everything was working. And uh, she was just she just said to me, boy, that's amazing. You you just have the – I mean, there's something happens where you touch things like that. And it's and I just – you know, that's when you go, it's my, my magnetic personality, so on and so forth. And then I've had this happen throughout my life. So I have learned that sometimes the enemy uses that to take advantage of me and get me really, really, really riled up. So I have three or four safety realms. I do I, to every page. I li- I save it to Dropbox. I have two or three um, flash drives. I save everything on. And two days ago, this final one of the final papers. So I got this class, one last class that I'm in my project. This final paper I'm working on. Two days ago, the flash drive. A two-month-old, 128-gig flash drive, not even half full. I have two scan systems on my computer, completely corrupted. (laughs) All of my documents, right? But I didn't get mad like I normally do. And what's so funny is that Noel said, you can tell that the Lord's working that in you in the sense of how you react is better than it used to be. Now, I'm not saying that to brag about myself, so stop stop thinking that. This is what I'm trying to tell you. This is something you need to recognize. Per, Psalm 31.7, I will rejoice and be glad in your faithful love because you've seen my affliction and you know the troubles of my life. When people reference trouble and afflictions, they always think it's the most dramatic things that could ever happen, like your car jumped down your uh, garbage disposal and the whole uh, your whole system's gone. Not always. Sometimes it's just a flat tire at, in the wrong in the wrong or it's a tire that's got a flat. It's just the absolute worst time. Sometimes it's I never forget my phone. How did I forget my phone at this most crucial moment? Sometimes it's those type of little things that are afflictions and that are uh, adver- adversarial and they are not act just accidents but they are also opportunities for us to reflect Jesus and the and the bible says in proverbs 24:16 for a righteous man falls seven times and rises again but the wicked stumble in time of calamity you and i will have fallings that we do not always reflect Jesus in the most perfect way 
it's just a reality. But the Lord will teach you and I to be more and more and more like Jesus every encounter we have. If you're trying to figure out why you're having that trial again regarding patience, the fact that you're asking shows you that you have not learned patience. If you're trying to figure out why you have repeats, it's to teach us that we're still growing in these things. And I use that illustration for tech as being something insignificant, but not insignificant to me, but insignificant in the scheme of things, but not in my walk. And so the Lord is allows whatever he allows to work in me so that I will reflect more and more of Jesus Christ. And do, does that make it easy? No. Does that should we belittle that? In other words, should we make that oh, what's such a little thing? Well, God counts the hairs on our head. That's and that's in scripture. So if that's important to God, then all these other things in our lives are important to God. And our character response to some of these annoying trials versus those dramatic ones, that also is important to God that we reflect Jesus Christ as we go through it. Do you realize that when Jesus went through the trials that he went through, this was his own creation arguing with him? I don't think I could have done it. I, just get, I mean, I kind of do it when my son argues with me. But, I mean, when you're talking about Jesus, it's like he's the creator creator, not just the belper in the birth process. He's the one that gave life everywhere. And then his own creation is going, you're wrong. You're this. You're that. It's just like, how did you not lose it? How did you not just go, blah? You know what I'm saying? And so I bring that up so that you and I can understand these trials, these things that we go through, they're not just there to create irritants in your life. Although there's many times I have I have probably said that. These all are allowed in our lives so that we will learn to reflect Jesus more and more because that is what we are called to. We'll probably, we won't do it perfectly on this side, but that doesn't mean we can't overcome sin or overcome these different situations. And it doesn't mean that all of these things can always get the best of us. Even when we fail, the Lord allows us to process again because seven times a righteous man falls, but seven times he rises again. And you, you won't be defeated by these things because the Lord will bring you through them. But we have to address them in maturity. And maturity says, Lord... Every one of these trials, let me do a better job of representing and reflecting Jesus Christ to honor your name. Okay? All right. In regards to—we're not fully done on this, so don't think you're getting out that easy. Uh, in regards to the question, uh, who did Jesus say, you know, when he said all things are possible? Initially, I was looking for disciples— his disciples he said it to. I would also take P Peter, James, and John, the disciples, but basically to all of us. Hey, with God, everything's possible. That's what you got to remember. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Take a short break, then we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The David Spoon Experience is now run by He Must Increase Ministry. 
What this means is that we are no longer operating as a regular business, but as a nonprofit ministry that is devoted to increasing the ministry of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Bible believers, the wounded and forgotten believers, and the not yet believers through biblical truths. We are funded by listeners like yourselves and ministry partners that want to provide sponsorships for the show. Your donations are 100% tax deductible. And the great news is, if you donate to our ministry and help us advance the kingdom of God, we won't give you a thing. That's right, you'll get no special prize or gimmick. You won't ever get an anointed Bible or penny in acrylic so that you're never penniless or a guarantee that you'll become rich just because you gave. Your giving will support our unique idea of biblical encouragement. And what you'll receive is a receipt for your giving at the end of the year. It's all about sowing and reaping. Cast your bread upon the water and it will return to you. And if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. But you'll be laying up treasures in heaven. And that's the most excellent place to receive the best return for the longest time on your investment. What happens if you don't give? Nothing except more commercials like this one. Let's spare everyone from more commercials like this one. Go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. And give if you're led to and if you're able to. Let's keep the show going and help increase its time and reach. You must like this show a little bit because, after all, you're hearing this commercial, right? Thank you. What is the David Spoon experience? John 7, 24, stop judging by mere appearance and make a right judgment. That's all, that's all good. For 1 Corinthians 6, 2, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? You can't say Christians can't judge. They're commanded to. Here it is right here. Ready? Here's the bowling ball knocking down the pins. Every day as Christians, we have to judge what is appropriate, proper, healthy, and useful. Also, what people, what people we believe we should hang out with, trust, believe in, or let influence, we have to judge that on a regular basis. When you choose your church, you're using your judgment abilities. Bazinga. You're, bazinga. 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 I love that. Because listen, when you're choosing your church, you have to decide to pick one over another. Oh, here's the key. <laughs> you're going to hate me. Ready? Here it is. If we have no ability to judge, we can't vote. On Christ the solid rock I stand. Oh, welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. i got to check with Aunt Deb. I just, I just have to double check. I have to give her a hard time live on the air because she's one of our board members, so it's easy to do. So we were asking that question, all things are possible. And I, I know she was writing something, but, I, but she wrote, Paul to the Philistines. <laughs> Paul to, I don't get it. <laughs> Either she's 10 times as funny as me, which is very possible, by the way. <laughs> or she's just like, what, what, what did he say? I got to answer that. Okay. <laughs> we'll do trivia in a little while. Isn't that funny? Paul to the Philistines. No, she just said Paul to the Philippians. I had a guy to get Paul to the Philistines. Okay. 
Okay, people, it's Wednesday. Just remember that. All right, so what we're going to do is uh, we're going to give a little time. Uh, we'll do our trivia in a little bit. I want to kind of key in on what we've been talking about, and then we'll uh, do. We'll probably do our history in the fourth segment because I'm just you know far off on that. But just hang in there with me and listen to what i got to say on this. This is really it's, it's quite important. One of the things that happens in our in our faith is that we, we go through weaknesses or we go through challenges, and I don't, I don't want to magnify those challenges, okay? I mean, I mean, I don't want you guys to think, oh, that's all he focuses on. Because, you know, we focus on, on all the different aspects as, as much as we can in kind of a, a broad stroke. When you're in your church, the the pastor, your pastoral group, your elders, your leaders, your Bible studies are focused specifically taking you in a direction. When you're listening and a part of this show, I'm taking in the direction that I'm going in, which for me, as you can tell, is more like the plant, the wandering Jew, because I go all over the place. And that's kind of what it is, and that's kind of the fun. And I enjoy that. I enjoy that in the Lord. I enjoy that he it's it's fresh, it's brisk, but it's goofy. Okay? I like that. But I also recognize that when I'm doing things, some of those struggles are really big. They're very sincere. And, and when you get into the depth of, like, the book that I wrote, you find out that I was, you know, there was abuse that took place. Uh, I don't even define everything, but there's even worse things that took place that are in the book. It gives you a sense that, yeah, he's really gone through the struggles. But there's other parts of the Christian walk that you go through that aren't to those depths but still require from the Lord a Christian life attitude, a Christian purposeful way of thinking, and a Christian purposeful way of being. And that's important, not just for the big things, although those are important, but also for the little things. The scripture says the little foxes spoil the vine. And you've heard the comment that's made, been made uh, not just by politicians, but this goes way back thousands of years, but, you know, death by a thousand cuts. It's just the littlest, the littlest, the littlest. Well, those things impede our character to, uh, to, to more and more reflect Jesus Christ. And that's what we're trying to address. That's what we're trying to acknowledge. So when you're going through something, there's nothing in error or wrong with coming before the Lord and saying, yeah, I, I got to do better than this. I mean, it's not even as huge an issue as this other thing that I'm working on, but it's still an important part, and I can tell you want me to do better. That's why I go through this trial so many times. In 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, it says this. Paul said, especially because of the extraordinary revelations uh, that I received, therefore, so I would not exalt myself, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to torment me so I would not exalt myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times to take it away. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for, for power is perfected in weakness. As every commentator will tell you, everybody's got a theory as to what this is. And so everybody will say, it's, you know, it's Paul's eye problem. It's this problem. It's this problem. Uh, I've heard things you wouldn't believe on, on this in regards to what Paul's problem was. You know, sometimes you can just listen to the text. It says, a thorn in my flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan. Maybe it was a demon that was just tormenting him or, you know, spinning. But what you do get from this is that this is not the extraordinary I'm facing death kind of thing that Paul's talking about. It seems a lot lower on the list. And in fact, he says this is happening because I'm getting things from the Lord. I'm catching things from the Lord. And that's 
a real biblical truth that as you grow and as you develop and as you understand things in the Lord, the devil doesn't—he's not unaware that you're growing. He's not unaware that your light is shining more. He's not unaware that you're becoming a greater threat to his kingdom. And so then he kind of throws zingers at you. Of course he's going to do that. Because if he can throw enough zingers at you and get you to off-road on your character— then he's he's kind of he's trying to you know what's that I think it's called mitigate the circumstances where you're just trying to he's trying to just balance that out and so you know Paul's like hey I'm getting these extraordinary revelations uh, but because God didn't want me to exalt myself you know a messenger of Satan is tormenting me and, uh, and then I said to the Lord hey uh, can you get rid of this and the Lord said no. <laughs> I think it's amazing it's like no this isn't. I'm trying to tell you this in, in the in the proper biblical framework. This isn't life or death. Paul's irritated by this. That's why he calls it a thorn in the flesh. He's not saying it's an arm uh, loss. It's not a limb or a ligament uh, uh, loss. It's a thorn. It's it's like a splinter. It's like a thorn. It's like ouch. You know what's funny about a splinter? A splinter goes in your finger, or usually in your finger. It hurts so much. I, death kind of not seriously but it hurts a lot and it's so small right and here paul's like you know can you just get rid of this thing here i don't want to go through it this is how i pray i do exactly what paul's doing it's like well you know we're, we're doing this i'm writing this thing can you just you know have all of this calm down i will actually say that to god in absolute arrogance and stupidity Absolutely ridiculous. I have to repent every morning for, for the same. Listen, the Lord, if the Lord allows something in our lives, he has a purpose. Especially something that challenges our character to be Christ-like. And so here's, here's what God says to Paul. No, I'm not getting rid of this. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. I'm not changing this. You're going to have to change. That's what God told him. He's like, no, no. And so then Paul makes the change. Therefore, I'll gladly boast all the, about my weaknesses. I don't hear a lot of people boasting about in Christian faith, in from the pulpit, from the television, from the radio, I don't hear a lot of boasting about their weaknesses. I just don't. You just don't hear a lot about it. And you think, why not? Well, because it takes away from the the awesomeness of the ministry. It's so ridiculous. Like anybody could do one thing for the kingdom of God apart from God pouring it out in the name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's like, it's so silly. But Paul's attitude was like, when God told him no, he's like, okay, I got to change me. God's not changing this. I'm the one that's got to change. And then he says it. He says, I will glad, gladly boast all the more of my weakness so that Christ's power may reside in me. So I'm going to start to change my attitude about these things. And I'm going to be pleased. I'm going to boast in them. I'm going to be pleased with them. And, and then he, he lists. He doesn't just list one thing. He lists five things. In weaknesses and insults and catastrophes and persecutions and in pressures, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And I think what you're getting from Paul in this this absolutely phenomenal moment is he's he's like look 
even if I'm being insulted. Hey, when somebody insults you, it's not the end of the world. It's irritating. And he's like, you know what? I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to let that irritation wound me. And then he takes it to the other end. In catastrophes, those are the really serious things, right? In persecution and in pressures. What pressures? Whatever's pressuring you. He's like, I, I, I've got to do better. I've got to be more like Jesus in this stuff. And I'm trying to tell God. Trying, and, he, and he was. He was like, well, get rid of this thing for me. And God's like, no, nah, that's not how we do business here. We allow things so that you will be more like Jesus. They're insulting me. Tough. They insulted Jesus. Be like your Lord. And that's the challenge. And that's why I'm bringing this up to you and kind of talking to you, I think, from a more, a little more experiential in the sense that this is what the scripture is talking about. If we know that everything works together for good, and we do, and we believe that passage, we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, then we would therefore think that the concept of all things might actually include, get ready, all things, like everything. And that's a part of this process. We need to reflect Jesus more and more. You getting the key to this message? We need to exemplify Jesus Christ more and more, and, and not just in the major moments, not just in those huge conflicts, but in the splinters of our Christianity, in the littlest things. Because the enemy is always looking for an opening. And because he's looking for an opening, he will take anything he can find, any little area of irritant, and try and make you less like less than Christ. You know what? You can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens you. That's not just running a marathon— that's being like Jesus in every circumstance. Okay? You guys know I don't typically, typically I'm a little more, this is, this is real stuff. So we can really be like Jesus. That's what we need. Okay? So in this particular segment, we skip the trivia and the, what, and the, uh, uh, history, we'll do that in the next segment. We do have a close on this, but it'll be a little softer and a little easier. So we'll take our break and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Show a break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The David Spoon Experience. You don't know what's going to happen in one minute, let alone one hour from now. And God, who it's impossible for God to lie, has made this commitment, made this offer, made this opportunity to both you and me and all of us around. The simplicity is that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and that the wages of that sin, the wages falling short, is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And God, demonstrating his love for us, sent Jesus Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. 
God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. There is nothing more important than that principle right there, the hope that is offered to believers who acknowledge and surrender to the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's what's being offered. That's what gives you encouragement. That's what enables you to go on. You're going to have a lot of sorrow in this life. Job said it best, a man's days are few and full of trouble. But in the next, there is something so wonderful that even in man's mind, we cannot retain it. For eye has not seen, neither has ear heard, neither has, can the heart comprehend, can, can, can't even receive the great things which God has prepared for them that love him. There's such a great thing that's coming for us, such a great place, such a wondrous place. But you got to acknowledge the invitation. You got to say yes. Because if you don't say yes, you're not going to that wedding. The wedding of the Lamb. Don't be that person. Don't be that person that rejects it. Don't be that person that lives in sorrow, in grief, and in sadness. Don't be that person. Be the one that says yes so that you can be a part of the great wedding feast, that you can be a part of the great celebration. Oh, life is much more than this 60, 70, 80, 90 years. It's eternity on the line. And if you've already said yes, rest in the comfort. Rest in that place. Rest in that goodness. That all is well and even on this side, if it's hard, on the other side, it's glorious. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. All right, now we're going to do our trivia question. So I did that whole segment. I didn't share trivia. I wanted you guys to hear about that, how important that is. Boy, I hope you caught that. It's just so important that in every trial and everything we do, it it is that we understand what our purpose is and what we're going through and why we're going through it. Okay, here you go. A trivia question should be, now it's not an easy one, even though it's a true or false, but you do have a 50-50 shot. True or false, Jesus spoke more about heaven and hell than anyone else in the Bible. Jesus spoke more about heaven and hell. Jesus spoke more about heaven and hell than anyone else in the Bible True or false? Okay, that's the question. If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972. Somebody's already calling in. 972-445-0770. Or you can text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. Do we have somebody that wants to answer the trivia? Wow, that is fast. This is David. Who am I talking to? Uh, this is Bobby from Climax, Mr. David. Hi, Bobby. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Watching my kids play outside basketball. Now, is are they are they pretty good? Are they good at it? 
Well, well, actually, they're my grandkids, and uh, they're kind of small, but uh, yeah, they're pretty good. That's nice. That's of course, good. My grandkids, I'm gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> they can't hear you saying it, though, right? <laughs> uh, oh, uh, I, I think it's true. I know Jesus spoke more about hell than anybody else in the Bible, so I, I imagine it was uh, true because. Yep, you are 100% correct. That is it. Yes. Jesus spoke more about heaven and hell than anyone else in the Bible. That is absolutely correct. Good job, Bob. Good job. All right, we got to. You're fading out. Yeah. Uh, All right, good job. uh, I'm going to have to let you go. Uh, God bless you, and my phone's cutting out really bad. Okay, Uh, well, God bless you, brother. Good day. God bless you. Okay, bye bye. I, I, I think I lost you. <laughs> this is the stuff we go through on live radio. Don't you love it? All right, so no, the answer is true. Jesus talked more about heaven and hell than anyone else in the Bible. Boom, boom, boom. There you go. All right, now before we finish on our uh, text, I want to make sure we do our history because, you know, I spend the time to print these. <laughs> so that's why I want to do history. So let's do history real quickly, our song. Let's go in the past. Ah, you guys remember that yesterday I <laughs> I blew it, so that's why I had to wait for today's history, because that's why we didn't do history yesterday. Okay, today is playing the sand day. Now that's fun. I like playing the sand if it's at an ocean, right? I mean that's if it's nice, you know, depending on what it is. National Raspberry Tart Day. I'm not sure what uh, where that's gonna go. But here's my favorite of this one. Ready? It's National Presidential Joke Day. This is not my, this is other jokes by the president. Let me just read this to you real quickly. What do you call George Washington's false teeth? Presidentures. (laughs) 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 All right. If George Washington were alive today, why couldn't he throw a silver dollar across the Potomac? The answer, because a dollar doesn't go as far as it used to. (laughs) <laughs> Why did George Washington have trouble sleeping? Because he couldn't lie. Okay, because he couldn't lie. Okay. What did George Washington say to his men before they crossed the Delaware? Ready? Get in the boat. <laughs> See? That's a good one. <laughs> Get in the boat. All right. On this day in 1929, Babe Ruth became the first baseball player to hit 500 home runs. Uh, also, uh, on this day, uh, Alan Greenspan, 1987, became the chairman of the United States Federal Reserve. He served for 20 years. That is a long, 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 long time. And then in 1984, uh, this didn't go over very well. The bombing of Russia will begin in five minutes. United States President Ronald Reagan jokingly announced, my fellow Americans, I'm pleased to tell you today that I have signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. We begin bombing in five minutes. He was making a joke, and that didn't go very good. <laughs> Let me just say, uh, sometimes jokes are not always placed in the right spot. That's just a part of life. All right, let's go back to this text. I hope you guys are being blessed by the show. That's all I can do is the best that I can do before you. Here's what it's all about right to this point. As we go through our different walks and our different trials, you guys know that some things that you go through are smaller than other things. Everybody knows that. But you still are required, and I'm still required, to reflect Jesus Christ in everything we encounter. That means every relationship, that means every circumstance, every trial, the goal is for Jesus to be 
the Lord, not a Lord. And to be the Lord of our lives means every area of our life is surrendered to him. In the process, God is making himself known even to people that do not know they're being observed or watched. When Paul was in prison, him and Silas, when they were in the stocks and they were they were chained up, they were praising God, and the scripture specifically says that other prisoners heard them. Other people see and hear your faith, even when you don't know it. And that's actually better because if you know that people are watching you or listening to you, you might be on. You might be live a little bit more. You might be doing better as you're trying to present yourself better. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, But thanks be to God, the one always leading us in triumph in Christ, and through us in every place, making manifest the fragrance of the knowledge of him. Every place you go, every circumstance you have, Every situation you encounter, the Lord has a desire, and I'll say it in the nicest way, for people to be able to get a whiff or a smell or a cologne-like fragrant aroma of Jesus Christ through your life. And you can't do this apart from God. You can't do any of this stuff away from God. The way to draw closer into God is for you to come before the Lord and surrender not just where you're having victory, but even more importantly, where you're not having victory and you need all the help possible just to make sure that we maintain full dependence on the Lord. If you want God to use you, then there's got to be less of you. Now, isn't that just the hardest statement? If you want God to use you as an individual, it's got to be less you and more him. Does that mean he won't use your personality? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It just means that what the Lord wants is a vessel, is a vehicle to do the things he wants to do without you, me, or anyone else claiming it's because we're so great that we do it. God loves to partner with people, but he doesn't want the partners to be the controlling partners. He's the controlling partner. In fact, in a sense, we're a silent partner (laughs) in in an indirect sense. And the reason that I say it this way and through this kind of spirit, through this kind of attitude, is because we need to recognize that we will fall short and, and we need God's help to do it right, and he will help us, and he we can be helped, But we need to own it and yield it and accept it and surrender to him in it. Not one thing in your life has ever happened that God did not know. The scripture says every day has already been recorded in the Psalms. God knows all of it. Now, What we need to do, because we haven't lived it, is live it moment by moment with our hand in his hand as he guides us and teaches us and helps us to reflect Jesus Christ. I I make this a stress because I think that Christians do an okay job of being Christians at the hot points. 
but at the not hot points or the low points or the less important points, we are not entitled to be any less Christian. And that, that's just the truth. That's the fact. And so that's why Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that we reflect the image of Christ glory by glory. It's step by step. It's literally the process that God is bringing us through. I'm not going to let the little things be ignored because God won't let the little things be ignored. And our reflection of Jesus Christ has to encompass the whole person, not just the hot spots. It's not just us putting on a face, so to speak. I, I, and the reason I bring that up is because I think of I think of myself, and I, it's unfortunate. But I, I always put on like I don't have a lot of nice clothes. <laughs> Just say this, but I always put on my better clothes for church. Okay, I'm not doing it for God. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I do it because I want to have the better clothes on so other people can see it. I'm just being honest. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize to God all the time uh, about stuff like that. I do that. I should be more conscious of him. We all should be more conscious of him, right? Okay. If I have the Lord before me, then I will not falter in my ways. That's what I want to say. Let me close it in prayer. Father, we come before you right now in the powerful and wonderful name of Jesus Christ, and we ask for help from the Holy Spirit for this simply, that in the smallest of things as well as the big things— and the insults, as well as the calamities, that we will do a better job of pursuing you and of reflecting Jesus Christ in our behavior. Help us to be the witnesses that you intend us to be. We ask for your help in the process. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the Christian station here in Texas. Going to take a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll be back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.